checking. One and two and three, and we're in. We're in just like that. Let me get this stuff out of the way. Can you guys hear me? How's the mic? How are our levels? Are we vibing? We are. I think we're vibing. I think today's going to be a vibey one, dude. I am exhausted, and I am very, very tired. Those are both the same thing, what I just said. Thank you guys for, for tuning in. Uh, to this week's episode of the Vibecast with Brent Pella, which will change. I don't know when. I think that's going to change in March. I'm going to rebrand it in March. I'm just getting you used to it. I'm conditioning your mind now so that when the change does happen, um, it'll be it'll be fluid. It'll be smooth. Ooh, yeah. That's the audio we want. There we go. How about that, dude? Uh, today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Masszymes from Bioptimizers. You guys know them. You love them. You're probably sick of me uh, promoting them. I hope you're not sick of me promoting them. If you are sick of me promoting them, then go to masszymes.com slash Brent to get a discount on your bottle of masszymes, my favorite digestive enzyme that will help your body digest your food so that you won't be sick anymore. How about that? Then you won't be sick of the products that support me, that support you, that support each other, and then we can all just vibe together. Uh, masszymes. I take these, if you guys know, if you follow me on Instagram, then you see me post about my food all the time that I cook. I do a lot of homemade pasta and homemade sauces and things like that. Uh, at Brent's Food on Instagram, and you'll see my um, my 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 real career. Co- comedy is like what I moonlight. I, I moonlight as a comedian, but I'm really a at-home chef that makes no money. Masszymes are my favorite digestive uh, enzyme supplement. They help you break down the food uh, that you eat and the proteins and the fats and the starches that you put into your body so that you can absorb more nutrition and live a happier, healthier life. Masszymes.com slash Brent for an awesome discount. A lot of fun vibes going on in the world. A lot of fun, a lot of, a lot of weird stuff too. A lot of weird stuff. But man, if you look around and you just think to yourself, man, there's some cool stuff out there, some cool stuff in the world. Some of the cool things in the world are I'm back on tour and you guys should come see me live. If you've never seen a live show before, please, please, please come, please come live. Um, that sounds really weird. That's not please. I won't, I won't say it like that ever again, but for now, uh, just uh, uh, please attend, please attend a live show. The live shows are a blast, dude. I'm building something that I absolutely love. I have so much fun at these shows. Uh, it's so much more than stand up. And, and if you've been to one, you know, um, if you've been to one in the last couple of months, specifically my headline shows, not the shows where I open for JP, uh, on the road. Those are fun too, but those are, are just me doing stand up. I'm talking about the Brent Pella comedy hour, the Brent Pella show, which is what the podcast used to be called, but now it's the Vibecast with Brent Pella. I got a bunch of fun shows coming up. So uh, what are we doing? We're doing Houston, Texas on January 20th. That's a Thursday. Austin, Texas, January 21st and 22nd. San Antonio, Texas, January 23rd. Huntsville, Alabama, January 25th. And Nashville, Tennessee, January 26th. Um, These are all places that I really, really want to do well at. And if I do well at these places, they'll have, have me back. The Austin spot is a full weekend. That's a big deal for your boy. That's a big deal that deserves some congratulations. I'm very proud of myself for that. I will acknowledge that and I will pat myself on the back for that one, okay? Because I worked really, really hard to get to a place where I could headline for a full weekend in Austin and now I'm doing it. So now I got to prove to myself that I deserve it. So that means that you guys come out, you attend the show, you buy tickets, you come to the show. Then everybody is like, oh, Brent's actually funny in person and people actually like him and this isn't just a fake. He's not just a phony. He's not a phony. Yeah, I'm not a phony. I'm a real boy, okay? So come to the show. It's shows in Austin if you can. Any of these one-nighters, man, I know they're on weekdays, but 
Dude, those are literally the most important shows for me right now. So if you guys get a chance to cruise through to Houston on, on that Thursday, San Antonio is a Sunday, Huntsville, Alabama on a, what is it, a Tuesday? Uh, I don't know how many people are going to come out for that. But if you're in Huntsville, <laughs> dude, cruise through um, Nashville, Tennessee on a Wednesday. The, those are the spots where if I do well and sell tickets, then they have me back for a weekend. But what's weird about the comedy world is like you have to do well on a night where no one does well. Um, which is a weekday. So come through, come through, support your boy, have a good time in the process, and then we can all win together. You know what I mean? Those are going to be fun. Um, I also would like to promote that I'm, I'm doing a shoot in Los Angeles this week on Thursday. If you are in LA or if you even know anyone in LA, um, I'm doing, I'm putting together a house party shoot on Thursday, January 13th in Los Angeles. Um, it's for a big secret awesome project that I'm working on that I can't say anything about until around March but if you or anyone you know would like to go to like a house party and hang out with a bunch of cool people uh, my friend Nikki Howard will be there Stevie Emerson uh, uh, Blake Weber um, a couple other people are going to be a part of the shoot and we just need people to hang and vibe hang and vibe if, you, if you're down to hang and vibe and chill at a cool like upscale-ish house party scene you actually actually not upscale you can wear whatever you want but um it's going to be in like a cool like Hollywood house type party type place. If you or anybody else wants to cruise through, email teampella at gmail.com. Teampella at gmail.com. And either me or somebody else that I'm working with on this project will send over some info. Would love for you to be there. It's going to be Thursday evening uh, between around like 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. And it's going to be a chill, fun vibe time. Chill, fun vibe time, dude. That's what we're here for. Boy. A lot of other stuff is just not very chill and fun and vibing. Uh, man, rest in peace, Bob Saget, dude. How sad is that? January, every January, I feel like we lose. Maybe it's just the past couple of years in a row. I don't know. Um, really, really sad. Uh, it just happened. I don't really know what to say or if I even should say anything because the guy is a, a comedy god and uh, absolutely in the hall of fame of, of people who wanted to put love and light into the world and absolutely did it. So rest in peace to, to Bob. Um, dude, a lot of, uh, Oh man, you know what? We got to talk about this next. Okay. So I saw, um, an article in the New York times. This is, this is not, I know this, this is, this section of the podcast is about to be not very funny. Maybe it's about to be a little bit of Brent rant, a little bit of Brent rant, a little bit of Brent rant, a little bit of rant, Brent Rembrandt. The artist Rembrandt, a little bit of Rembrandt, okay? A little bit of Rembrandt, 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 A little bit of Rembrandt, 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 okay? Now, uh, a lot of people have been talking about the whole, like, um, mass formation psychosis theory that uh, Dr. Malone talked about on Rogan recently. I first heard the term a little over a year ago um, is when it crossed my path, and I, I, uh, I've i been trying to, to learn more about... Um, what uh, truths that phrasing might have in culture today on different sides of different aisles, particularly regarding COVID. Um, there seems to be uh, a, a general immediacy to shutting down anything that goes against the COVID narrative. That's just what it is. Just the fact checkers are after you. And uh, what's what's strange is that a lot of these fact checkers are hot trash, hot, hot trash. My buddy Matt Belinsky just posted on his story the other day about a fact check, uh, a fact checker who is just a woman who used to work in tabloid journalism um, 
what the woman part obviously doesn't fucking matter, but I'm just trying to paint the picture for you. This person worked in tabloid journalism, getting like scoop stories on celebrities. And now this person is a fact checker with no, what, where's the training? Where's all, give me everything that this person has done to prove that they are an objective source of information. You know what I mean? But we don't get that. We just get, this has been fact checked. This is not true. This has been fact checked. This is not true. And, but if, if you really follow these breadcrumbs, you'll see that some of these fact checkers have big money donations coming in from some very strange places. Okay. Not all of them. Not every fact check is a conspiracy. All right. Cause there's a lot of bullshit flying around online and a lot of fact checks are true. And a lot of fact checks are bullshit. All right. That's just the way it is right now. According to your boy. Um, now I, I, I talk about mass formation psychosis because it, it, the, to me, the, the mass formation psychosis, uh, comes about when, when people stick, they just plant their flag in the mud on, on a specific subject and they, they refuse to move an inch. They refuse to see any other perspectives that might change their own point of view. And, and they just absolutely refuse. They believe that they are rooted in truth. They believe nothing but the truth. And anybody else who disagrees with them is living in a false reality. But that person is actually living in a false reality, right? That's part of the mass psychosis thing that seems to be kind of happening right now. Um, I would say the easiest thing to see when it comes to mass psychosis is uh, people uh, rationalizing why they will wear masks forever, um, regardless of hospitalization rates, numbers, COVID numbers, their own vaccination status, the people around them. these people now, I, I just saw a Twitter thread and then there's this Reddit su- sec, uh, uh, subreddit called COVID idiots, which is hilarious, by the way. If you guys want to laugh at some people who take COVID way too seriously, go to that that subreddit, COVID idiots. Now already, see, there's people though that would say, oh, you think there's no such thing as taking COVID too seriously. Like that person is has been conditioned to a point where they think, you're not allowed to make fun of COVID. You're not allowed to talk about COVID unless you talk about COVID the way I talk about COVID, right? And that's that's part of this. And and another part of this to me is this uh, uh, idea that everybody within one political group in, in the U.S. is generalized in a certain way. The right does it to the left. The left does it to the right. There seems to be different... Uh, uh, um, different like examples of mass formation psychosis happening within different groups in the country. And it's just dividing and dividing and dividing, dude. Anytime somebody says everybody on the left is this, and somebody says everybody on the right is this, those are examples of generalizing an entire group of people because you've been conditioned to view them as one certain way and you don't have the ability to see them for anything other than that. You don't have the ability to shift your perspective and see that, oh, maybe, um, you know, guns, taking away guns is not a good idea. Or like maybe, um, I don't know, whatever the opposite of that is. I don't know, whatever. You guys can figure it out. You know what I'm trying to say. The thing is, I keep seeing this and I saw something today. I saw a news article today that stuck out to me because it was so fucked up, dude. It was so messed up. Here's what I saw today. I saw a news article today that I think is a perfect example of how media is controlling and conditioning people and and actively driving people apart. Here's what I saw. It was a New York Times article. It got emailed to me because the New York Times put me on their email list without my permission. 
Um, and that's fine. Here it is. It's called, and I'm going to do a little graphic on the screen for you guys to see it right here. It's called the pandemic deserters. That's what the, the, um, subject line was of the email. That's from the New York times. And the first line of the email said when COVID hit, some New Yorkers abandoned the city for good. They left behind angry friends. Okay, and that's it. And then it was a photo of two people and a link to the story. That's all that was in the email, okay? So now let's break this down, right? You think, uh, how many people actually clicked the link? Probably less than 10%. I think that you can actually find that stat. I don't have young Jamie here today, um, so I can't find that stat. But a very small amount of people would actually follow that link. A majority, a very, also a small amount of people would probably even look at the email. But let's just say uh, this is how the New York Times is phrasing a lot of their articles, okay? Because I think that it is. And and this is the Brent Pella show, so I can think whatever I want to think. But in this specific article, it's titled, the, the subject line, The Pandemic Deserters. When COVID hit, some New Yorkers abandoned the city for good. They left behind angry friends. Now to break this down, there are three parts of this message that can immediately trigger somebody into thinking a certain way about others, right? The first line, the pandemic deserters, deserters. That uh, to me uh, is trying to say that people have deserted something. When you desert something, you leave something stranded. Deserting is not, that doesn't have a good connotation to it. That's a negative thing. When you desert, when you leave something, you just leave. When you desert something, you leave something that is in need, or you leave something that you could have helped or assisted or provided something to, but you deserted them. You you just left them stranded, right? And then in the first in the first sentence, when COVID hit, some New Yorkers abandoned the city for good abandoned. Here again, we have the language that New York Times is trying to use to paint the picture of anybody who left New York as abandoning and deserting. Okay? Abandoning and deserting. Not not leaving. And I'll get I'll get to the final point here in a second. Now, the part 3 of what's so messed up about this is the last sentence says they left behind angry friends. All right? So now we have a full picture. People who left New York, some New Yorkers, deserted New York, abandoned the city, and left behind angry friends. They made people angry. They created hate. They created anger and rage and fear. That's what anger is based in. It's based in fear. Everything in this world is based in either love or fear. Anger is based in fear. Okay? So now we have the New York Times saying some New Yorkers abandoned the city and left behind angry friends, and those are deserters. Not, not people left New York because they, they simply didn't agree with the measures, and here's why. Not that. That would have been objective news. But the New York Times isn't objective news. Now, I know this. I'm not new to this, okay? I, I'm not new. To, I'm not just realizing that the New York Times is manipulating people's mind and conditioning people into hating each other more. I know that. I've read the New York Times before, Okay. I understand. And you guys probably know that too. But the more we can call this out, I think the closer we'll get to actually deserting and abandoning these media channels that are twisting our fucking brain around, dude. They're turning your brain into a funnel cake, dude. They're twisting that shit, dude. 
They're twisting your brain like a freaking like a freaking double churro at the fair, dude. You ever had one of those? They're delicious. They're delicious. I love double churros that are twisted. I don't love the New York Times twisting my brain, dude. And that's what drives me crazy is I have I have friends from high school who have have bought into a lot of fear porn, a lot of fear porn to the point where they think if you don't get vaccinated um, because it's just your choice and maybe you're young and you're in a certain demo and you have the antibodies, none of that matters to them. If you're not on their team, you're the enemy. I have friends, I know people like that. And stuff like this pushes those people further and further away from the people who are just trying to live, dude. Some of the, the New Yorkers that they're talking about in these articles aren't people who like left left friends that they still owed money to. They didn't just leave New York and be like, oh, I owe you. I Dude, the people who left that are in this article didn't have like five friends that they each owed $100 to and they just bailed to Florida. And they're like, sorry, Bob, Joe, Bob, Bob and Joe. Sorry, dudes. I know I owe each of you $100, dude, but I'm out. I'm deserting you. I'm abandoning you. And now those friends are angry. That's not what happened. These people left New York the same way people left California because they simply did not agree with what was happening in that state and in that city. And that's why. And that's the story to cover. Because that way we get to see more perspectives and introduce people to new ways of thinking so that we can all start to think together again instead of thinking in our little fucking subgroups that make us hate each other, dude. It's insane to me. It's crazy that something like this gets published. It actually makes me like physically mad. Like I'm actually really fucking mad at the New York Times for doing this. It it might seem like not a lot, and I know I might seem like I'm just raging to nobody inside of my apartment at 9 p.m. on a Sunday night, but... The the way that they, that the media phrases things and tries to put people into categories in order to make other people hate them, we have to recognize that and tell each other about it and show each other about it. It's the only that's the best way to me to to break that shit down and make it mean nothing. It has to mean nothing because a lot of people are going to see this article and be like, oh yeah, all those people that left New York, fuck those people, dude. Screw those people, dude. They abandoned this city. They left this city. All they had to do was get 14 shots and wear six masks to go inside of Whole Foods and they couldn't do that. No, dude, that's not how it works. Okay. That's not how it works. All right. Because all those people who abandoned and deserted New York are in Florida sipping Mai Tais with AOC now and chilling and they're chilling. And they're probably happier than the people who stayed in New York because the people who stayed in New York, I'm talking specifically about the angry friends here from this article. They're probably happier than all those angry friends, right? Because those angry friends have been made angrier by the media, dude. End of the rant. Next. (laughs) Oh man. You know, it just, uh, I keep trying to tell myself that I'm not going to talk about COVID stuff on the podcast, but it just keeps coming back up and I just have to share it. I have to share it. I have to share it because to me, if I can break something down and laugh at it, then it takes away all of its power. And so breaking down a New York Times article like that to the point where I can laugh at it and see how ridiculous it is. Hopefully you guys got a chuckle out of that or at least a little like half smile. You know, one of those little like "Mm -hmm," those little like "Mm -hmm," those things that where like you can't tell if the person is like about to laugh or about to fart or like just fart. You know what I mean? Those little "Mm -hmm." those those faces. If you can get one of those from what I just did, then mission complete, dude. We got to laugh at the insanity, you know? 
Um, man, it's just wild. I've been watching a lot more uh, stuff, completely sidestepping pandemic things uh, about aliens, bro. I think we need aliens. I, th- I think that's the answer. I really do. I think if aliens showed up, then everybody would realize how silly it is to argue about things when we're all literally the same thing. You know what I mean? I saw Don't Look Up, the um, Adam McKay movie with, with Leo. Uh, good movie. Really cool. Really cool movie. A uh, bit heavy-handed on the on the metaphor um, and the metaphorical stuff. bit heavy-handed, but I do love the way Adam McKay makes movies and Leo is a treasure. Uh, but I say that because, you know, that is... That was a movie about an asteroid coming to hit Earth. Metaphors aside, that's what the visual was. And, um, you know, if we had something like that, you know, everybody would be united. Did you know Did you know that if that was actually happening, we don't have a way to stop it? I've watched a lot of videos over the past couple of weeks about asteroids hitting Earth and comets impacting Earth. Dude, we don't have a way to stop it. We don't. If a big-ass one, if a dinosaur extinction level uh, asteroid was coming if we found it a couple years out maybe but a year or less from what I've seen we we can't do it we can't do it I, I wonder what would happen I think people would come together but everybody would you know die but you know we'd come together at the end probably be a lot of orgy parties probably be a lot of orgies a lot of orgy parties if there was an asteroid headed toward earth a lot of orgies um, yeah that'd be fun <laughs> But yeah, man, it's like if we could just have an alien and and it's um it's wild that it hasn't happened yet, but it also makes sense when you think of how insanely big space is. I just watched uh um uh, a, a couple videos over the past week about uh Dyson spheres. There's this really good channel called In a Nutshell on uh on YouTube. Kurgistat or something like that. K U R. Search In a Nutshell. And you'll find it. A lot of you guys might already watch it. It's it's uh, really well done animations with a lot of very rich detail to the information that they're sharing and, and the voiceover narration. And there's a lot of stuff about finding alien life and, and what uh, the different levels of, of beings that could be in the universe according to what's called the Kardashev scale. Um, now this is turning into a science podcast, but this is really fucking cool. So the Kardashev scale is, uh, you got, um, on the scale, there's three levels to a society, uh, level one, level two, and level three societies. Level one is a society that's figured out how to take advantage of the, all of the energy that their planet provides the core, um, the earth, the water, the wind, everything, gas, coal, whatever, everything. They've, they've taken complete control and they know how to control it. I think we're at like a 0.7 out of one so far. A type two civilization is, what was that one? Oh, the star. They can take uh, all the energy of the star. They can control the energy of their home star. So that would be like us controlling the sun, not with like solar panels, but with like a Dyson sphere. You throw up a bunch of satellites and, and um, machinery around the star to suck in the energy, send it back to earth, whatever, something like that. And then type three is, is a civilization that can control energy through its galaxy. And that's like a civilization that we can't even fathom because they're controlling black holes and they're creating stars and planets. And, uh, there was this really cool image in one of the videos that was the theory that maybe there's a civilization out there somewhere very, very far that has generated, um, a black hole 
and surrounded it with nine suns. And then around those nine suns is orbiting 500 planets. And all of those planets belong to the civilization. And how crazy would that be if there's just some crazy 500 planet civilization out there occupying all these worlds? Um, but it's almost impossible to like find that. Like the, the things that we would have to find are so far, dude. We're so small, dude. We're so small. You ever think about how small we are? Dude, we're so small, dude. We're like, what are we? We're like less, we're like an atom compared to us is what we are as people compared to the universe or even smaller than that. Some crazy shit like that. Dude, we're so small, dude. And we're complaining about dumb shit. Man, we're small and we're complaining about dumb. We're small and we're complaining about dumb shit as small people. We got to chill, dude. We got to figure out a way to vibe and chill and just kick it and hang out more. Cause we're too mad, dude. We're too mad. Everybody's mad all the time. They don't realize we're, we're, you know, we're like 90% identical to rats. You know what I mean? Humans are like little monkeys, dude. Stu just dumb little, dumb little things, dude. On a tiny little rock. It's crazy. I don't know. Maybe I've been watching too many universe videos on YouTube falling down that rabbit hole. Also fell down a little sacred geometry rabbit hole over the past couple of months. And I do not have time to be getting into sacred geometry right now. That's the thing is like, I'm loving this stuff. It's really cool. I knew a lot of, uh, not a lot. I knew a little bit about sacred geometry over the past couple of years of being, uh, um, you know, a little hippie boy running around in the desert every summer, uh, at music festivals. And, uh, now I'm, I'm like super curious about it, been learning a lot more about it and been learning too much. Cause your boy just does not have time to be getting into sacred geometry. I don't have time to be explaining what a dodecahedron is to my sister. Do you understand? I don't have time to be showing people what an isosahedron is and talking about the five platonic solids and what Metatron's cube is. All right. If any of you know the things that I'm talking about right now, find a different hobby. <laughs> it's too much, dude. We know too much. We shouldn't, we gotta, we gotta, well, maybe more people should know. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe if more people learned about that stuff, they'd be happier in later life. I, I think it's really um, a travesty that we learn so many things in school that we never use. And I, I would be curious to talk to somebody about like K-12 education and what we learn and why. Because I'm curious if we learn certain subjects because learning those subjects, even though we're never going to remember the shit, but learning the subjects develops certain parts of our brain, like the logical part or like the part about reasoning or learning math develops something that can help with something. I don't know, something like that. There's gotta be something there, but then there's so many things that we just never learn about. We never learn about taxes, budget. We never, we never learn how to budget, how to invest, what the stock market is, how to finance a car, how to change your oil. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all these things, like, uh, I think more kids should be taught philosophy, maybe. Maybe not young kids, but maybe like if we could have a, a cool philosophy class in high school, man, that would have been so dope, dude. I would I feel like I would have liked philosophy in high school. But we never learned. We never learned philosophy in high school. So I don't know what would be the right way to do that. But the day I have kids, I'm definitely gonna teach them what a dodecahedron is, you know? What else, man? Let's wrap it up. Let's take it home. Let's bring it home. You know, there's a lot of weird shit out there, but uh, we're going to be okay. I think we're going to be okay. If you guys um, are around this coming Thursday in Los Angeles, hit me up, teampella 
at gmail.com. We're shooting in the evening. Um, it's a house party shoot, so come through. Shows, like I mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast, um, but I'll say it again right now. This month in January, Houston, Austin, Texas, San Antonio, Huntsville, Alabama, Nashville, Tennessee. Tickets at brentpella.com slash shows. Please come see a show. What else do we got? Um, the Lakers are trash. That's a bummer. Patriots lost today. That's also a bummer. Uh, what else, dude? We can't end on bummers, dude. We got to end on something vibey, dude. We got to end on something vibey, dude. Um, aliens are vibey. You know what I mean? Aliens are super vibey. Let me end with something vibey, dude. Let me read you guys a quote, dude. I wrote down a couple of new quotes recently. I've been writing down quotes. I'm also reading a lot more this, uh, this year. I got a bunch of books lined up that I'm going to read. So I'm going to share those with you guys when I read them and give you my, my notes. Um, actually the two books that I'm reading right now, one is, um, by Joe Polish. Uh, he's actually a friend of mine and, and a master in marketing and advertising and sales and, and just the business world in general. Amazing dude. Awesome guy, super positive and, and, ready and willing to help others and has built a massively successful career for himself. Uh, he's got a book called Average Joe's Marketing Guide. But the book I'm reading right now is Life Gives to the Giver. So if you guys are in business at all or if you're interested in bettering your business sensibilities or your marketing efforts and your job or your work or you just want to like some life lessons from a guy who's super successful, Life Gives to the Giver by Joe Polish. The other book is uh, The Myth of Sisyphus by, God, I can't believe I forget the guy's name. Um, I can't believe I forget it. Myth of Sisyphus. It's by uh, Albert Camus. That's right. Camus? 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 I forget. It's a philosophical essay written in 1942. So I just started that and I'm super stoked on it. And I'll give you my reviews when I'm done with them, dude. All right. But right now I'm done with the podcast and I'm not done with you guys because I love you, but I am done with this show. And this episode is brought to you by Masszymes from Bioptimizers. Check out masszymes.com slash Brent for a discount on uh, what is truly my favorite um, digestive enzyme. Relieve heartburn, help yourself digest better, and uh, help your body absorb more nutrients. Go to masszymes.com slash Brent to order that. And uh, hey, man, I love you guys, okay? Have a wonderful week. Go tell someone you love them. Drink lots of water. Uh, make fun of the news and make fun of all the things that d- deserve to be made fun of, okay? It's the only way to stay sane. Peace and love. See ya.